Choose the Knowledge of God, Part 2, by Apostle Jacqueline Fedor. Jesus is the knowledge, the wisdom of God manifested in the flesh. He, as the Word of God, supersedes all other knowledge, all other thinking, making His Word law. He walked this earth as a man to both redeem mankind from sin and lawlessness, and to also set an example of how a walk made through the perfect knowledge of God can be successful and victorious. Part of our redemption is the opportunity He made for us to be born again, start over, and choose for ourselves God's knowledge so we can walk in obedience to His law. We will, however, fare no better as a new creature than we did before rebirth if we operate in our daily activities through the same knowledge and lawlessness that governed our lives as descendants of Adam. Unfortunately, we have been so assimilated into the knowledge Adam and Eve chose for us that even as we do begin to understand the truth concerning God's knowledge, it is very hard to change from our lawless ways and thinking. But it can be done. One thing in our favor as we attempt obedience, God has written the laws of His kingdom on our hearts. Our soul man may try to ignore the laws, but our spirit man, thankfully, is well aware they are there. Our minds, filled largely with worldly knowledge from the tree of good and evil, would also like to ignore the laws of God, thus allowing us to make a few seemingly good decisions, but also causing us to do sneaky, clever, wrong things, resulting in many bad decisions. Of course, everyone that loves God would like to have a part in establishing His kingdom on earth and seeing His will done, but this seems impossible for people that are accustomed to ignoring His laws and walking in their own intellect. But, you know what? It can be done. Again, Jesus is our example. The Word of God was born into this world through imperfect humanity, just like us. Yet because He was the Word, He could keep the Mosaic Law to the last jot and tittle and never sin. He was exactly like all of humanity, except He walked in the knowledge of God. That was the only difference. He laid down all His former glory to walk as man. He faced all the same testings and trials we experience. God's knowledge gave him a much different outlook, however, always resulting in complete success and total harmony with God. Father allowed man to try in his own intellect for perfection by giving him the law of Moses at Mount Sinai while yet walking in the knowledge of good and evil, and they failed miserably. In fact, the thinking that resulted from Satan's knowledge placed man constantly at odds with the laws of God, making them lawless and out of God's timing. Jesus was then baptized somewhere around the age of 30, 
As a new creature, he again walked a perfect walk, fulfilling the plan of God for his life and conquering everything that had been defeating and destroying man since the garden. But again, he walked as God's knowledge. Mankind today, even though born again, new sinless creatures, with the law of God written right there in our hearts and minds, are still at times compromising, unloving, quick to anger, self-righteous, and self-centered. Why? Because we're so indoctrinated with the knowledge of Satan. His thinking has been the food for our every thought and the fruit of his lips, our dessert. What we desire to do is therefore very different from what we actually end up doing. The law within us is for the most part ignored because we tend to rationalize our disobedience through tainted, lawless intellect. Jesus said it, without me, you can do nothing. Meaning, without the word, truth, the knowledge of God, we can do nothing of lasting importance for the kingdom or be obedient to God's will. What must we do to change? How can we begin to fill our minds with perfect knowledge? How can we be more sensitive to the voice of our spirit man so he can make us more aware of the voice of God's spirit and the law of God within? It calls for much change, but it can be done. The answers are not found in the world's churches or any form of the world's educational systems. They, too, are founded by the tree of good and evil. So what must we do? For one thing, we should be aware that the enemy has done everything in his power to conceal God's knowledge from man. He knows if we walked by God's thinking, we would not sin, and therefore no sickness, corruption, death, or decay would be on the planet or on its inhabitants. All would be good, as in the beginning, and Satan could no longer accuse us before God, saying we are lawless. He desires the planet for himself and the people on it to see him as God. The only trace of humanity that Satan wishes to remain are those he lives and moves through. Members of this body of people run his world, its culture, and the systems that govern it. They are like him, cruel, lawless rebels that God warns us to be no part of. So, now that we understand this, our first step to restoration would be to not participate or be a part of any of their activities. We must not lend a hand or our thinking to the world's governmental systems and come out of the religious organizations that support them as fast as possible. I say this as God will destroy all of it shortly, as a remnant of His people are raised up in His knowledge and seek to do His will to preserve His kingdom and usher it in its dominion. In other words, as the world goes down, God's kingdom and His people will rise. As step two, we can also go back to celebrating the Feast of God 
as he instituted instead of the world's holidays instigated by the enemy. The message of reindeer and elves, Easter bunnies and colored chicks, ghosts and goblins may be fun, but deadly. On the other hand, as we begin to understand the message that is wrapped in each of the ten feasts, we grow in our relationship and understanding of God and His ways. The truth concealed in the feasts has been virtually lost to the world, and much of the church, even though the Word plainly says the feasts are for all generations. Some have unknowingly been drawn by the Holy Spirit into the knowledge the Lord serves at His feasts as He leads them to accept Jesus as their Savior, thereby experiencing the Feast of Passover. At His unction, they also repent of the sin in their lives, experiencing the Feast of Unleavened Bread. Then there are others that have been led by the Lord to be baptized into the Lord's death and resurrected into new life as a new creature, experiencing the Feast of First Fruits. Most of the church has gone on to be baptized in the Holy Ghost, experiencing the Feast of Pentecost. But very few have progressed beyond here, yet there are six more feasts to go. But those that have entered his Feast of Sabbath weekly, that love and experience the yearly Feast of God, are eating all of the Passover lamb and growing in his knowledge. All was foreshadowed by old Israel as they prepared to leave Egypt, as seen in Exodus, the twelfth chapter. God's people are likewise being prepared to be set free of this world, its leader and his knowledge. Humanity that is being guided by the feasts of the Lord will be fed knowledge that will lead them full circle back to the Creator's intended perfection, back to the garden. The sword of truth that has been keeping man out will be the key that allows those that love and choose God's knowledge entrance again. It is God's plan. So we can see the feasts are pure. The holidays of man are good and evil, not of God. Another means of acquiring God's knowledge, we will call it another step towards reversal and immortality, is to develop a very close relationship with the Holy Spirit. Jesus promised His Spirit would teach us all things and that wisdom would be given freely to those that seek and ask. Through this closeness, we can tap into the mind of the Lord to walk in His will and begin to do things successfully His way. The scriptures refer to this as walking in the Spirit. The Spirit will also open our understanding to the written word or the scriptures, which becomes another huge step towards gaining the knowledge of God. If it is written by divine inspiration, then it has been decreed by God and is therefore law, the perfect base for our testimony. Remember, we overcome the enemy by the blood of the Lamb that makes us righteous and the word of our testimony. So we must fill our minds with the word, the truth, 
to walk in God's way and testify as perfect witnesses at the trials of life, just as Jesus did in Matthew chapter 4. Rather than using his power as God or even calling down his heavenly army to assist, he used the written word against the enemy. He told Satan, It is written. He said to opposing religious leaders, It is written, etc. He spoke the law of God into these situations, and we can also, as he personally gave us the authority to do so in his name. All must be done through the knowledge of God and the Holy Spirit, however. Remember, Satan quoted scripture to the letter of the law, but Jesus overcame him because he knew the spirit behind the law and quoted the appropriate scripture for that situation. He knew and walked in God's will. Through tainted thinking, we often apply the wrong scripture in prayer, quote the wrong law, and then lose faith. We wrongly rationalize God doesn't hear us or that the angels are not doing their job. Perhaps, We may even hear a voice that tells us, you're not worthy to block our faith. Know that it all is the plan of Satan, a tactic he has perfected. This can all be changed, however, if we seek truth and develop a closer relationship with the Holy Spirit. We will mature to know how he would react and respond accordingly. Plus, The Holy Spirit will step in and advise us when we're perplexed as to what to do in out-of-the-ordinary circumstances. Another guide to the knowledge of God is the prophetic word. God said, believe the prophets and prosper. He also tells us he will do nothing without first telling his servants the prophets. Many of God's people are unaware there are even prophets, let alone seek advice from them or heed the voice of the Lord through them. He will edify us and fortify our faith through them. And it is the law of faith that enforces the law of God on our behalf. Jesus said, Be it unto you as you believe. The same problem exists concerning God's revealers. Much of the church is unaware of them also. Yet God said in the end days, knowledge would increase, that the scroll of Revelation would be opened, and that His knowledge would be the stability of our times. As the economy fails and the systems crumble, people need to know the truth for an anchor. Seek out God's revealers. They are revealing the truth closed up by Daniel until the end days, and the Lion of Judah is opening the seals and pouring out the contents of the scroll through them. The knowledge of God is at this very moment flowing across the earth through His revealers. In closing, it is through this end-time knowledge that we will experience renewal, reversal, and liberty from all that holds us in bondage. Through it, His kingdom will be established 
and his law enforced on behalf of his people. We will at last understand and be eligible recipients of his covenants, his promises, his blessings. Not seeking God's knowledge was our downfall. Searching for it is our hope. So to be victorious, the church triumphant, let us keep his commandments and choose God's knowledge.